And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We haven't done one of these in a while, so we figure tis the season. Uh, the snow literally is falling outside of our windows here in Connecticut right now, so we're all getting in the Christmas mood as we record this right in the smack dab middle of December, uh, December 14th as it is here. We wanted to get ourselves more into the Christmas season we didn't want to just bring you, you know, a top five Christmas movies list, a top five uh, holiday movies thing. So we, we, we like putting a spotlight on the underrated, as we've done a couple times here with a couple top fives in the past. So we're doing that again today. Top five underrated holiday movies. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also Mike. And Michael, this was a difficult project <laughs> because... You know, look, we're the wet blankets of film Twitter. We know this now. We understand it. It's our role. We're very talk radio. We're very uh, unafraid to be negative at times. Honest. And we're honest. Yeah. Look, I watched a lot of bad Christmas movies heading into this, and we're going to talk about them. But I do think a lot of the good Christmas movies are deemed great year round uh, because, like, this one season of the year, we all think these are like the best movies going, and we all rewatch the same movies. And we, we genuinely love these movies right and i really appreciated this particular uh, assignment from you mike because we are we are kind of going to shine the light on some underappreciated movies the problem is like almost that dog in that truffle hunter movie i, I mentioned <laughs> you have to really dig for some of these and i wow. we had to, what an analogy <laughs> we had to find some we had to find some of these in the dark 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 french dirt in my yeah. case uh, to, get, to get them out for these people. <laughs> what I've realized is that the Christmas movies that are great are great for a reason. Like there's right. such a there's a delineation, and so yeah, there was some work put into this. You and I both uh, watched a couple movies we hadn't seen yet, and we're like, wow, that's not great. <laughs> well, even if you do like the rankings on your Xfinity or something, and mm -hmm. you, I always rank it by critic score, so whatever mm -hmm. list I'm on, so Christmas movie list, and the. Highly ranked, the you know the the high, above fifty percent movies they go for like two or three columns, and then all of a sudden you're in like fifty percent <laughs> rotten territory. You're in the forty percent, like out of nowhere, like, it happens fast. So that's look, my I comfort mean, zone. <laughs> filmmakers who are list, listening out there, I mean, there's a there's a market for better Christmas movies. By there the certainly way. So is. Make them please. And yes. with with that in mind, uh, I'm going to have a couple that I know are ranked rotten, uh, and for a reason, as a matter of fact. But I Me still too, enjoy them. In a way. Yeah. Right. So uh, we're going to we're going to do our best here. The top five underrated holiday movies. Uh, we both have five through one here. Michael, would you like to go first? I would because I have a bit of a process of elimination for mine. Good. So look, I made. Big lists of Thanksgiving movies, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's. We're doing all holidays. Yes. It's a holiday season of underrated top, you know, top five films here. I remembered liking a lot of these much more than I did. Mike, I made a quip with Ryan McQuaid on our show that you Couldn't immediately. Uh, yeah, I you texted outraged. me immediately. He's like, <laughs> you're like, The Kidney Stone, a.k.a. The Family Stone, is a terrible movie. Oh. You too should have just crushed it when you immediately mentioned it. Now, to be fair, I all I said on the podcast, I believe, was that I've seen it more than once. That's and, that's enough of a sin for me. <laughs> and Ryan McQuaid didn't necessarily praise it either, but we're both we both acknowledged it as as, as a movie that we is, is very watchable. Its it existence is. is offensive enough for me. Michael, the best scene in The Family Stone is when the daughter is watching Meet Me in St. Louis. 
So the best scene in this famed Christmas movie, and people have it atop their list. I was watching YouTube things where people are like, this is the most underrated Christmas movie. No, it's not. It is terrible. I used to like it too, and here I am admitting that I rewatched The Family Stone, and I am screaming at the television for most of that movie. I remember cheering when a death happens in that movie in the theater. And I remember getting up and leaving the theater yeah. and just berating my friends for dragging me to that and having maybe sit through two hours. Like, I wanted those. When I'm on my deathbed, those are two hours I'm going to demand back from people. Like, give it's, me a half hour each from the four of you. It's offensively bad. And as, you know, snooty Oscar critics, it's our duty to tell people that so they don't go rewatch it on HBO Max easily. Or at least if they do, they do it with eyes wide open because yeah i mean star-studded cast rachel mcadams you kind of want to rewatch the movie luke wilson's pretty good in it yeah it's gonna it, trick you it's it's one of those movies that tricks you into thinking it's gonna be decent it's a trick it yeah. is is a decency trick it plays on your your assumptions <laughs> that it's gonna be decent and it's not all right here's the biggest disappointment of this process of elimination michael Ernest saves christmas was a childhood <laughs> favorite of mine Jim i like that one too back in the day he goes for it, but it's dumb comedy. Remember when you and I liked all that and like remember kids sketch comedy? Why do you Disney say that Channel? as if it's passe? Yes, no, I, it's I remember. Bad. It's bad. Like <laughs> and I, I love Keenan Thompson. I love the Good Burger back when I was like a kid, like twelve years old. <laughs> it's awful now. And Ernest Saves Christmas is in that category. It's awful now. I rewatched like twenty minutes of it plus clips on YouTube, and it is god awful terrible. I am so upset at my younger self. Is what happened. It's here. really that bad. I have not. I have not thought about an Ernest movie in years. I, I'm. I'm upset to hear it's that bad. Well, that's what I figured. I figured it was going to be like, oh, this is my number five. This is my childhood right. favorite. And no, this list brought out the absolute worst <laughs> in me. Now, looking back at my younger Christmassy self, enjoying this slapstick comedy, and it's just not funny anymore. It's painfully unfunny, which is the gravest sin oh, of no. any movie. Right? Poor Ernest. Poor Ernest is right. Now, on your recommendation, really it was a very half-hearted recommendation. I watched Black Christmas from 1974, the OG. Margot mm -hmm. Kidder, off to a good start. Scary, crazy phone calls. And then the cops don't search the house. And I hate this movie. The <laughs> cops... It was the 70s, Mike. They find two dead bodies in the house, in a nook in the house, and they don't search the rest of the house. And if they search the rest of the house, they would immediately find... That the attic is where this killer's You got a guy in your attic. <laughs> you learn that in the first two minutes of the movie. It's not a spoiler. There's a killer in the attic. Mm -hmm. All right? And the rest of the movie, they refuse to search the attic. And guess what? They never search the goddamn <laughs> attic. Ever. It's probably smelling. It's ridiculous that they don't search the attic. And I'm really upset by that. Anyway, I, w I wanted to put that on the list. I can't put that on the list. Michael, there's a bunch of movies where... Christmas is barely a part of it, and th th I, I kind of eliminated a bunch of movies for this reason. Like, I okay. had The Lion in Winter, but it's it, all right. It takes place over Christmas, but I can't do it. I can't mm -hmm. put it there. Not a Christmas movie. Assault on Precinct 13, the original oh. John Carpenter movie. Like, this is supposed to be a Christmassy, right? It's supposed to be a New Year's Eve movie. Nope, I read it wrong. The new version with Ethan Hawke and Lawrence Fishburne mm. in 2005 takes place on uh, new year's eve and here's here's the problem with that movie i watched it and i got through the first five minutes of it i paid four dollars for it michael <laughs> titus welliver is it has an offensive italian gangster accent hey, yo, hey. i wanted to punch him in the face 
He punches his own dog before he hugs oh, his own no, dog, no. and it just immediately character yeah. assass- it assassinates the movie right there. So I can't do I can't do this movie. No, fuck and it. I even I said to myself, all right, four dollars I paid for it. Let me keep watching it begrudgingly. They do a pan up from shoes to face of Drea Di Matteo, and I'm like, all right, look, she's beautiful, but this is the slimiest thing I've ever seen <laughs> since Michael Bay. Shame on them. I couldn't watch the rest of the movie. So Assault on Precinct 13 is out. It's out, and that's what, that's what happened with a lot of these movies. Like I tried to watch Jingle Jangle, I fell asleep. Musicals do this to me. It's not Jingle Jangle. That's fault. ironic. Musicals Jingle put Jangle. you to sleep. <laughs> Musicals put me to sleep, and I've heard from other people that action movies put them to sleep. Well, musicals put me to sleep. I'm sorry. I I, I watched the Grinch TV, whatever that was. Oh my I made God. it through half. A, I made it through half a song. Yeah, um, I can't imagine. I watched all of the Holiday, all of it. The Holiday. You didn't have to do this to yourself. I didn't have to do this to myself. <laughs> but you see how I'm wearing myself down in this list, and it, it really just it hurt me to watch. This is a, a great these. search for number five. My mom recommended a Hallmark movie, and I will give her credit. It is underrated. I'm not going to go with it as my pick, but Silent Night starring Linda Hamilton. This is not a Hallmark movie the way you think of it. This is like uh, from the uh, early 2000s where it's just like Mexican standoff between Germans and American soldiers before the Battle of the Bulge, right, or during the Battle of the Bulge. And on Christmas Eve night, uh, injured American soldiers take refuge at Linda Hamilton's shtetl. I think it's called a shtetl. Her little okay. uh, anyway. It's a fine <laughs> German sausage. Basically, they have a ceasefire between German soldiers and American soldiers, and they almost kill each other every other minute. But they're having a ceasefire during a Christmas Eve dinner at Linda Hamilton's house. And I applaud this movie for its story. I applaud it for a lot of things. I cannot recommend it more than like a C movie. But as Lifetime movies go, as as uh, as Hallmark movies go, it's solid. And I give my mom credit for liking this movie more than most. There you go quite pick pick it good job also mom i'm still waiting for the hallmark slasher movie personally but go ahead but i am that truffle hunter i'm in the truffle hunter you're still your your paws and your hands are just like covered in mud at this point i remembered a movie that's actually pretty darn good it is very much a christmas movie it is very much a war movie it's about world war one uh, Joyeux Noel. It's There's no like, way you pronounce that correctly. Joyux Noel. Joyeux? 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 I looked it up and it's Joyeux Noel. Joyeux is the actual pronunciation? Joyeux Noel. Wow. I'm pretty sure I got that right. I looked Look it up you. online. <laughs> okay. I will say, I was tempted to watch that one because I, like you, was having trouble rounding out my list and I, I did cheat with my number five, but I, I didn't get to it and I'm glad to see that somebody is bringing it up here. It's good. It's a little bit vegetable-y, but you know, it's 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 a movie about uh, the ceasefire, this epic, this uh, ceasefire between trenches in World War One. I. I don't remember it being pretty darn good. I didn't rewatch it for this, but I gave up rewatching things, Mike, because I rewatched so many things that were terrible right, for this you were list. Just murdering your childhood at this point for trying to find a. Uh, I understand that completely. But, but that is a movie I can legitimately recommend because I legitimately liked it years ago. It's got great critic scores. It's an Oscars film, I believe. Anyway, it was nominated for something. Maybe it was a Globe. I didn't. I don't want to relook it up right now, but it. It's a legitimately highly rated movie that is just not rewatched at Christmas time, and it should be. So, as a French truffle hunter, hunter, 
in the I, I, I have to pick this one. Joyeux Noel. I'll it sounds like that one's kind of got the same story as the Hallmark uh, Hallmark McCart Hallmark yes. movie that also mom suggested. Exactly. So out of that spirit, and that's why I came up with that movie. Like that's why it was a roundabout way to get there. Yeah. The, the fact that Silent Night with Linda Hamilton came up made me think of <laughs> Joyeux Noel, and I remembered enough to pick so those synapses firing in your brain making those connections well i think that's a picture perfect example too of what we tried to go for in terms yes. of under like look you're gonna see a billion lists where it's like christmas vacation home alone die hard mm-hmm. like we're trying to avoid those obvious picks so i think i do commend you and i commend also mom's taste in movie and hallmark movies as well uh hey. for bringing that up and making that connection i you made me laugh at one point because you were like, I tried not to pick movies where Christmas well, it would just happen to take place around Christmas. And that's right. exactly what I did because I, like you, <laughs> had trouble coming up with a number five on this list as well. Look, Grumpy Old Men. Oh, good. It's not a Christmas movie per se, but it does take place around winter and the Christmas holiday. And mm-hmm. it gets me angry how much... Walter Matthau seems to have been forgotten by film Twitter and by all the reviews we do. Like, we talk about Jack Lemmon a lot in being an Oscars podcast. We talked about The Apartment just recently. We talk about Ving Rhames giving his Golden Globe to Jack. We talk about Jack Lemmon all the time, and yet the guy he shared screen with more than anyone in his career, I feel like, kind of goes overlooked at times. And he's the godfather of Grump. Mm. Like, all these, all my picks are going to have, like, a cynicism and a grumpiness to them because... Hi, have you met me? Like, that's what I relate to more <laughs> in my life. And I just think it's it's just a shame that I personally haven't talked enough about grumpy old men and about Walter Matthau in particular because he seems to play, like Ed O'Neill does, he seems to play that same character in everything he did in his latter years. And is he in the original 12 Angry Men? No, I'm looking up. I'm looking I don't think up he right is. Now. I it's, don't think uh, he is. It's Lee J. Cobb. Who's in that? Anyway, but that is also uh, uh, Jack Lemon. Yes, Jack that Lemmon is Jack Lemon. No, that, that Jack Lemon was in the remake. He was in the HBO version. You're right. You're right. right. I'm getting but, my wires okay, crossed so here, too. Walter Matthau should have been in 12 Angry You're Men. right. He should have been in the remake as well. Absolutely. Great call by you. Grumpy Old Men is fucking hysterical, too, by the way. Good. There's a couple clips on YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. it's it, there's one scene where I had totally forgotten about it, but Walter Matthau was meeting Jack Lemon at his house while Jack Lemon comes out of his front door, and the first thing Walter Lemon said, how you doing, dickhead? Like, that's what I want to be. That's all I aspire to be in this life. I think you are achieving that in this life, Michael, but Thank I, you. Thank that's you just my, un, that's my biased opinion. But. So, so I'm going to have, I think all five of my picks have like, a catharticism to them from mm-hmm. my own personal life. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's also why they're not like highly rated. Like I'm pretty sure grumpy old men, it's got a 7.0 on IMDb. I'm pretty sure that's the highest critics critically scored movie on my list. Maybe there's one other one. Maybe my number one can rival it. I'm not sure. But I, as far as uh, you know, if you're looking for top notch critic picks, it's all downhill from here for me. Wow. Well, I I do agree with you. I can co-sign that that is a very good movie. I don't know how Christmassy or how you know how much in the holiday spirit that movie is. Depends I, what your family was like growing up, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I kind of you know put it aside because I figured people like the movie, but I didn't. I heard that it's not very Christmassy. Maybe it was. It's you not. At some point. It's not. Okay. Is there a scene? 
it takes place. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it takes place around Christmas. It's very obvious. I don't, to, to the best of my recollection, I don't think there's like a Christmas scene. But again, at my number five, I like you was digging through this truffle dirt, just trying to find something, <laughs> one last piece of truffle, so I can go home for the day. You know. So well, this is what I came up with. This is the best it's gonna get. I asked my whole family for underrated Christmas movies. <laughs> None of them can help me except my mother. So I had this roundabout way of finally finding a Christmassy film. So I understand where you're coming from. I almost picked a bunch of movies that are just not Christmassy at all. So, all right. That's at least a good movie. I'm proud of you for recommending a good movie there. I don't know if I can be proud of myself about my number four here because this, <laughs> this is a guilty pleasure. And I know I share this with Eric Weber, who loves this movie of Awards Ace there. Mm-hmm. I don't share my uh, my love for this movie with any of my family really even though i've recommended this to them uh and I, again i saw my family i kind of asked them I, I polled them this weekend they they really couldn't help me but i did have to argue against my brother john about last christmas last oh. christmas is from 2019 it is a george michael soundtrack a purely george michael soundtrack where you have emma thompson writing it you have Paul Fagg uh, directing it. Paul mm-hmm. Fagg of Spy, of Bridesmaids. This should have had much higher critic scores, Mike, than it wound up having. But Daenerys Targaryen, a.k.a. Amelia Clark, mm-hmm. cast against type here. She played the Dragon Queen, Burning Cities. <laughs> but then she plays this adorable, drunken, basically the Olivia Coleman of Santa's elves. <laughs> you know, retail Santa elves. Uh, this is not a magical movie, really. Right. You have this rom-com set up with this gorgeous, adorable side story involving Michelle Yeoh, but like this script that is really edgy, and I won't apologize for respecting this script and how and how intense it gets. However, it also gets very, very corny at times. Like they're, you know, they sing "Last Christmas," the George Michael hit of of all time, greatest song ever. They sing that song <laughs> like five or six times. They really lean into that. It gets a little corny, but I, I won't, I will not apologize for enjoying this movie, for respecting this script. It's on HBO Max. I do expect that if you take my recommendations, half of you will hate this, but there's also <laughs> the potential that half of you really, really like it like I do. It's a love it or hate it kind of movie, so check it out. Give it a chance on HBO. And what was the argument that you and Brother John had? He just was against the movie and at all turns? Oh, yeah, it was just a clear, it's good, no, you're wrong kind of argument. And it didn't last very long, but he hated he, he hated the movie, and I, I really enjoyed the movie. I can't imagine. I mean, at least you would be infatuated with Amelia Clark's adorableness, even though she's fighting multiple de- Like, I've never seen the movie myself, but I know about what happens, and I know, uh, I, I don't know, if you want, whatever you want to call it, but right, I know right, what right. goes on in the movie. And... I, I feel like, you know, at least you have the Mother of Dragons you could kind of relate to, and just at least you're holding out hope for that. Isn't it Henry Golding, Hendy, too? Hey, yeah, I forgot. To, I had a paragraph on him. I should have mentioned him. But like, this is a star-furthering performance for Henry Golding there. I mean, he is doing a great job with this, and both on a, just a pure acting level, but also a, a Happy Christmas movie level. I thought he works in, in, in both ways, so I'm really impressed with him and want to see him in anything. I mean, he was in the... Uh, Oh, what was that Matthew McConaughey movie, the gangster movie earlier this year? He was awesome in too. So anyway, he, he's he's having a career. 
Well, I'm glad you picked a movie that makes you feel happy in, in, <laughs> in some ways, in the classic way, let's say. I'm going uh, out on a limb there, though, because people are going to hate that pick, is what I'm guessing. Right, and uh, I, I'll double down with you, because I, this movie, <laughs> a lot of people are going to hate, and it makes me feel happy in like a demonic and cynical way, oh. and it's The Oath from 2018. Oh, good. I um, like that movie, too. Thanks. I was shocked. It's a Thanksgiving movie, so that's why I was pitching a holiday uh, top five and not a Christmas-specific top five, because basically I just wanted to talk about The Oath. I was shocked at how many times I laughed as hard as I laughed in watching The Oath. It is an absurdly... It's just an absurd film, for one, but it's also absurdly cathartic for somebody who's kind of, like, embroiled in misery and cynicism their entire life, like I was <laughs> in my Bane-type backstory. Here. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's Ike Barinholtz's feature film directorial and screenplay debut. Tiffany Haddish is in it. It's actually got a relatively loaded cast. Mm-hmm. John Cho comes in at some point. He's mm-hmm. absolutely hysterical. Nora Dunn had me in fucking stitches. I mean, it's, it's just... Look... Again, like your movie, a lot mm-hmm. of people aren't going to like this movie. I think for the uh, the upbringing I had, <laughs> my relationship with the holidays, my relationship with the political sphere in general, uh, the humor my family has always seen in really dire and disgusting situations. Yeah. If you're a sick, twisted bastard, you're going to find something to enjoy in The Oath. And I do highly recommend it. It's on something right now. I know Hulu. I watched it for Hulu. Okay, thank you. That's what it was. Yes. It's on Hulu right now. Uh, if you have Hulu, you can watch it for free. I, I cannot recommend It's also one of those types of movies I feel like I'm going to be able to just put on in a background and get stuff done with. During your uh, explanation there, I actually looked up my grade on this, and I had a B-minus grade, so I don't know why I dismissed this movie as being properly rated or in my brain. I did, But now that you're talking about it, I remember kind of liking this movie in a, in a similarly sick way, even though I recognize that it's kind of a batshit plot line. Oh, it's insane. It's insanity. I didn't even finish the word insanity there. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> and you kind of get angry with it, and I, I got anxiety from it, but at the same time, well, if you just let it go and it's like, and you just, you know, kind of take your objections and leave them at the door, you'll enjoy this movie more than most. It's like a Christmas vacation, but brought up to 2016 terms in a way. <laughs> it's almost like Assassination Nation meets yes, Christmas yes, vacation. Yes, or thoroughbreds. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, that's a great way to describe it. Anyway, we should. So if you want a classical happy Christmas feeling, <laughs> you, you watch Mike's movie. If you're a cynical bastard and you want to feel happy, you watch my movie. Well, I'll have a cynical bastard pick in a minute, but I do have, I do have another happy pick, and I was surprised that this movie was any good because I remember seeing it years ago. It's another 50 percenter, but in a olive branch way to my brother John, he recommended this movie, and I actually rewatched this last night after dismissing it all weekend. Okay. It's, it's Nicholas's Nicholas Cage in The Family Man. That's, I almost watched that for this, too. It's actually decent. And Don Cheadle, Taya Leone, they're great. I mean, it's a cross. I mean, I re, again, I respect this plot line because it's a cross between A Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life. It's not either. Like, I'd assumed in my brain, like, this movie from, the, the again, early, mid-2000s, whatever, this was just a remake of It's a Wonderful Life. It's not. So hmm. I, w- I really was uh, impressed by the script of melding those two premises, I guess. And look, he, sh- who, he Who Shall Not Be Named directed it. 
uh, Brett Ratner directed it. I mm-hmm. named him, but it, look, I mean, he's <laughs> done the Rush Hours. He's done some good movies. He screwed up X Men, but fine. I don't want to see any more movies of his. But he actually tells like this bittersweet story about this guy and this humbug state of Christmas. And he goes back in time and sees the life that he could have had. And it's, it's again, it's not Scrooge. It's not George Bailey. Somewhere in the middle. But the charm of Taylor Leone and the fish-out-of-water reactions from a Nicolas Cage who is not domesticated in this movie at all. So <laughs> is he is he playing Nick Cage? In, is he just straight-up Nick cage this? Or is this, like, more reserved? He's play, playing a wealthy Wall Street executive who meets an angel, essentially, in Don Cheadle. As liter- one does. Literally and figuratively. Right, sure. And Don Cheadle gives him a glimpse of the life he could have had with his college girlfriend, Taya Leone's character. And it is, he basically spends like this, this, this three months or two months in this alternate reality with this other family. And it's it's fascinating, and it kind of, it sold me. It was a, it's a real, I mean, for a hypothetical plot line, it's a realistic realistically measured result i would say and i appreciated that in kind of my you know mix between my own humbug state of mind and my own constant 2020ness and it just it, it worked on me as that's someone awesome. who wanted to feel christmasy at the at the same time that's it's so it's so bizarre again and i feel like i talk about this all the time to the point where i don't think people are going to believe us but mm-hmm. you and i did not look at each other's lists and the, just the way they're structured are very Similar because I wanted to actually be serious and feel Christmassy about my number three as well. Good. And that's. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you you suggested that movie. It's one I was thinking about watching. I'm glad to hear it has merit, and maybe I will watch it now if I want to be, get in the Christmas spirit. Because my number three, putting me in the Christmas spirit, it's one that. I mean, first of all, let me read the synopsis as one <laughs> critic put it on its a Rotten Tomatoes page: a mirthless movie as fresh as last year's fruitcake. <laughs> This movie is a coarse, garish comedy that promotes conformity. It's got a 5% on the tomato meter. Oh, no. Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, I love Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> I will. Christmas with the Cranks. First of all, I completely forgot that Chris Columbus did the screenplay for it. Huh. I have no idea why, but whenever Christmas with the Cranks is on TV, I will always watch it until the credits whenever I come across it during the holiday season. To me, it's like Jingle All the Way, but with, I guess, more misery, which is why it's right up my alley in a way. Yeah. I think it compares well to Christmas Vacation, and if you need something a little more grounded in misery that still gives you a Christmassy feeling at the end, like, it's still heartwarming. The ending is very... It feels like home. It's like the traditional family. You know, there's nothing more important than family. You just want to hug your mother, hug your daughter type of movie. Mm-hmm. I really get that feeling from Christmas with the Cranks. I don't know why. I, I know it's not per se a great movie, but I'm just always in love with it. And it kills me. You you have to understand how highly regarded I must hold this movie in. Because if you've listened to this show for any long length of time, you know how I feel politically about everything. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm recommending a movie in which Tim Allen is the star, it, it means it's it's a good movie, or at least it, it has some merit to it. Even though in my mind, I like to think of it more as a Jamie Lee Curtis picture. We are bad people because we, I just recommended a Brett Ratner movie and you recommended a Tim Allen. Well, did Tim Allen get in tr- He did just get in trouble, didn't he? I'm God, I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know, because like he wasn't uh, cast in the uh, 
as the Buzz Lightyear, young Buzz Lightyear. That was Chris Evans. So I was wondering if he got in trouble. But look, I mean, Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear as the Santa Claus. I just think, you know, I think he's overrated a little bit in that regard. This movie was, while you were talking about it, I was like, is that the James Gandolfini Ben Affleck one? I immediately, no, no, obviously not. I immediately (laughs) dismissed this. But now your final words there, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. And she is the star in this. Yes. Now, so now I get why you even considered it because you are such a Jamie Lee Curtis fan. Big That's time. why you rewatch this, and it's actually good. I I, I enjoy it very. <laughs> I think it gives me that feeling of like home very much, and like the the eccentricities, the stuff mm-hmm. on the perimeter with this movie too. Like Jamie Lee Curtis was on James Corden's Late Show. I remember. I think it was last year or something. Yes. And they played uh, Who Was Your Co-Star? And there's a scene from this movie in which she's shopping and trying to get the last, I think it's ham for the thanks for the uh, uh, Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. And she ends up arguing with the, it's You know, it's one of the comedy scenes. And she ends up bumping her carriage into an old woman or she's trying to fight it from the old woman. I don't remember. But the old woman's a bit player. And James Corden brought out five people who one of them was the old woman from the scene and four others weren't. And they had to have Jamie Lee Curtis pick who she was in the Christmas with the cranks with for this one scene 16 years ago or 13 years ago or something like that. And she did it because she's the greatest woman in the world. And she even was reciting like, how's your family? Remember when this happened on set? And it's like just stuff like that. It just makes me feel so good and so hopeful. I am shocked. I'm shocked that you feel good and hopeful. Uh, that's what my biggest takeaway, but I'm also Just shocked. wait for number two. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, nobody can accuse you of going overrated with that pick. <laughs> but I, I get I get the uh, analysis here, though. Like, I mean, Jingle All the Way is a 15%er on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a 5%er, but it's still very holiday relevant, and it's probably got its moments, even though I, I, I think I've seen it. That's a movie I can't remember if I've seen or not. But look, I mean, I well, think Christmas at this with the point... Cranks's? Christmas with the Cranks. I'll tell you why. This is also something I had written down. I don't think it's played enough. Like, it's certainly not played to the level that every other Christmas movie is. I was going to pick Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad, especially for this project. But then I'm like, no, everybody overrates that movie, even if you think it's better than... The, the tomato score it's mm-hmm. still grossly overrated because it's watched so much even by me as well like i'll probably want to right same that. here yeah same but here it's it's goofy because it's arnold being goofy it's simbad is kind of genuinely funny even though he's aggravating for 60 percent of the movie the 40 percent where he's <laughs> genuinely funny is worth it but you're right I, i'm fascinated by that pick christmas with the cranks i'm gonna re i'm gonna watch that or rewatch it i don't even know that's how obscure that pick is good job Thank you very much. I'm happy I could have brought something to the table. Like I, I can't wait to shatter expectations and bring everyone down to miserable, miserable reality. My number two, but why don't you go first? What's yours? All right, I have a legitimate recommendation here. I okay, think good. this movie is legitimately good. It's a B plus. I don't necessarily think it's on like the levels of greatness that uh, you know some of the holiday classics are. But here's a major statement by me. Okay. This movie is the best Christmas horror movie I've ever seen. Oh, and I think I know what you're talking about. Better Watch Out. Better yes. Watch Out is available yes. on Shudder. 
better watch out i believe is on some on-demand service it just expanded forgive me for i mean look it up on justwatch.com where you can watch better watch out i don't know if it moved to amazon or whatever i but... think it's on prime i think it is on prime okay good so i just i, I rewatched it on shutter it's still legit it's legit as a horror slasher movie it's legit as a babysitter you know suspense film like yes. crazy in the house caught in the house on the run from a killer suspense film it's really strong. I feel like if this movie gets on the right streaming service, I mean, we've seen it happen with much worse films. Like Knock mm-hmm. Knock became an international hit with like huge viewership numbers with Keanu Reeves and uh, what's her name, Michael, uh, going to be Marilyn Monroe. That's the Eli Roth movie, right? Eli Roth movie. Yeah. What's her name? She's the biggest star going. By End of the Armors. And Anna Diarmas, thank you. Uh, awkward edit or not. I don't know if you edited this, but <laughs> Blade Runner 24. She's great in that movie, even though it gave me COVID. I established this <laughs> right? a yes. month ago now. <laughs> anyway, Knock Knock. If, if Better Watch Out was available like Knock Knock is available on Netflix, Better Watch Out would be this cult classic years later. becomes a huge hit. 100,000 people watch it on Netflix. Netflix, what are you doing? This is from 2016. Writer-director Chris Peckover writer Zach Kahn why aren't these guys writing everything writing and directing everything I'm looking at their IMDb's they haven't done anything since then am I missing something where have they gone I am so impressed with this movie Olivia de Jong they tried to do the next Brett Ratner Tim Allen movie and they were like oh no maybe they got caught up with something <laughs> bad some development hell anything I don't know I'm these- with you I, Mike that movie is so good Olivia, it's so well done I, I don't know how to pronounce her name Olivia de Jong uh, uh, Levi Miller, my God, were they underrated in this film. This film should be looked at as an actually good Christmas horror movie. Look, it's got some corniness, it's got some cheese, but this is what the babysitter wanted to be yes, but could agree. never be. Agree. This well, is how dare li- you, but agree. No, this is <laughs> get rid of the Black Christmases, the rare exports. I don't know what you're going to pick as a Christmas horror movie if you're going to pick one. To me, this is my <laughs> Christmas horror movie. This is the kind of plotted movie that I love. It's uh, it's unbelievably good. And I know we're hyping it up maybe too much, too much for somebody who for hasn't sure. seen it yet. Because it, I, I, like you, I had it as a strong B. Uh, it's that. It's just so good. And, and there's a reason we do talk about Christmas horror movies because I think – that subgenre, and I hate the word subgenre, but I think mm-hmm. that that area of horror movies, there's just like Christmas movies in general. There's just this desperation for something to stand out because there's just nothing out there. Like if you think of Christmas horror movies, to me, I only think of Krampus mm-hmm. because it's laughably bad, and I think of Better Watch Out now because I was fortunate enough to see that based on your recommendation from months ago, and it's just it lives up to everything you want it to be. But other than those two, I don't know what you go to if you want Christmas horror. And like you said, not enough people have seen Better Watch Out as it is to even say that it's properly rated. So I I would love more people to watch that. I don't know what you're going to pick, and I don't want to step on it. I don't think you're going to pick Anna and the Apocalypse. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, so Anna and the Apocalypse is a movie that I've seen three times. I've seen it in theaters. I've rewatched it for some reason twice. So it is guilty pleasure territory. It is something that... I wanted to almost put on here out of spite, but why do I want to put... Like, I know I shouldn't like that movie, but I do like it. So that that's a pick that a lot of people have, even mm-hmm. though it's I've not... I've seen that a lot, yep. It's not a horror movie, really. It's a musical. <laughs> it's a fun musical. Again, I kind of, you know, assassinated myself earlier. I couldn't watch a musical 
and here I am rewatching this other bad Christmas musical that's actually maybe it's not bad if I keep rewatching it. But again, there's this it's scorched earth in this category, and maybe you're gonna you're gonna find another hidden gem here, Mike. Uh, is it your two or your one that you're gonna pick a Christmas horror movie? But go ahead. It's, it, again, it's my number two, and I am just amazed at how we structured our list independently of each other. <laughs> and I I also had uh, I have a horror movie at number two. It's uh, objectively not good. <laughs> So I'm going to like I, I want to lay a lot of preface out there. This my pick is straight out of the William Bibiani. You need to watch bad movies to see a bad movie, but also because you need to see when something good happens in a bad movie. Oh, wow. And this movie, you know, it's it's very slow and it's plotting and it's a bit ridiculous and it's out of 1980. So that you know basically covers all those bases right there. Mm-hmm. It's called Christmas Evil. Oh no! I it saw does, the poster for this. It's, it looks ridiculous. I agree. But it does some things like, honest to God, it does Joker better than Joker did. Like, oh I, it, it's, it's not a good movie, but it does like this slow burn spiral into depravity and mental deterioration. It's about this guy who works at a toy factory. <laughs> he becomes mentally ill. He's kind of pushed down and beaten down in life because nobody has the joy that he does but he's also a little twisted to begin with because he's independently keeping naughty and nice lists of all the kids and he becomes basically this serial killer Ew. and yeah it's it's a gross concept it's a ridiculous <laughs> concept but honest to god mike like it it does some stuff so well and its pacing is so good hmm. like there are legitimate highlights that you can glean and t- it's almost so on the nose i wonder if something like gacy or something like joker was a bit inspired by it because or tried to do what it did in a way because it's almost too similar uh, especially to some things in joker for my liking like that wow i'm in, i'm actually intrigued to watch this this poster is incredible i almost I, I i considered it i considered watching it then i looked at the scores i was like all right no but it's bad it's not a good movie it's, i mean you, I, my taste for my temperament for bad movies is higher than yours so i'm i'm intrigued i would be curious to know how long you can make it through this is how lazy this poster is it's santa in a crouch coming <laughs> so out good. of the out of it's the so chimney good. with an axe holding it like a baseball bat like it's in <laughs> stance about to receive a pitch but this is how lazy the poster is there is the words merry christmas written in red like yes old red and it's there's just an x over yes. the merry christmas <laughs> yes perfect it's everything i've ever wanted but you know whether you christmas evil i better watch out is the far superior film in terms of in terms of scores and and whatever criticizing it but the space of christmas mm-hmm. horror is just wide open for anyone to make something decent and just have that be the standalone, this is the Christmas horror movie. Well, Black Christmas was almost too good for the first half not to get enraged about when the second half, when it got ridiculous for me. Mm-hmm. So if this movie's ridiculous from the jump and your expectations just immediately plummet and then somehow it, it does something good... Like, I get how you would like this movie. It's almost like the Halloween movies where they go down an elevator and talk to you about Michael Myers for 10 minutes, and then you're just so grateful when something cool happens later in the movie that you could talk about the something cool. So I get what you and Bibiani are saying there. Uh, There is legitimately a scene in the first 10 minutes that made me laugh out loud, and it wasn't supposed to. Like, it's it's there's there's some stuff that's rough to get through. But overall, I think it's an endearing. I want to give a shout out to my buddy, too, because I, like you, was turning to people. I'm like, look, do you have any suggestions for underrated Christmas movies? And this is one uh, that my friend like he's like, have you seen it yet? No. Check it out. I went through the first 10 minutes. I'm like, 
this is terrible, dude. What are you talking about? He's like, just stick with it. And it actually, it's, you know, again, not great, but there's enough highlights in there that you're like, oh, this is better than I thought it was going to be. I, I'm very impressed. I do want to check this movie out now. I won't promise that I'll make it through the entire thing. <laughs> it's got to strike that perfect balance almost, right? I mean, it's got to, you know, it's got to give you enough bad early that you then are happy and you, you, you take what you get. It's one of those movies, right? Yes, absolutely one of those movies. I'll take absolutely. anything good when I can get it and I'll, I'll actually be happy to take it. So, yeah, you got to be in a dark place. To enjoy that movie, Mike, and I guess that says it's where I live perpetually. Says a friend. lot about you. Right now. <laughs> All, right. All right, number ones. This is another legitimate recommendation. I'm surprised I forgot about this film because I saw it in uh, the New York at the New York Film Festival in 2008. Michael, I oh, believe wow. it was part of a cl- one of my last classes in college. I was taken uh, to finish up, and I am. Just really happy that I found it again. This is two hours and 30 minutes, so it's not a Christmas tale. Wow. More like a Christmas saga. But I started this episode with a French pick. I'm going to end this episode with another French movie. So all of the shit I have you given You goddamn people, snob. <laughs> I've given them a lot of shit about the pronunciation of words, about the fact that you know, the Robin Williams comedy sketch has never allowed me to view French people the same way again, where he's just like, I'm giving a cigarette to a baby. Fuck it. Life is shit. It's a funny sketch, even to this day. But yeah, I mean, the French have a unique way of looking at the world, and this is such a unique way to look at a Christmas movie. Michael, a Christmas tale is what the family stone failed so miserable at being. This. Wow. A Christmas tale this is the crazy family Christmas sleepover movie that I wanted when I hit play on the Family Stone. So if you guys want to discover that crazy family Christmas movie that the Family Stone is not giving you, this is the watch to make. I believe it's on Amazon Prime right now. If not, it's a cheap rental. Uh, I think I actually watched this on my laptop where I couldn't get at Prime, and I paid like $2 for it. And I was like, hey, I can go downstairs and watch this on <laughs> Prime, but I really don't want to watch it. With you know, I, just, I, just, I, I was like, I stayed in bed, watched it on my laptop, and I was mesmerized for two and a half hours it's Catherine Deneuve she is the sick matriarch of this family you learn this in the first five minutes there's a whole family of of really excellently well-acted characters and one of the characters was banished from the family of course that's Henri I'm, uh, I'm fucking that up I'm so happy to hear this Henri anyway he's the quantum of soulless bad guy Matthew Amari right okay and he yep. is in the role of his career here. And he just stirs so much shit up when he goes home after being banished that it's just, mwah. I love it. There's a bone marrow transplant. There's ball busting constantly. There's just furious, like, unhealthy drinking. And there's kids walking around the whole time. There are affairs that there shouldn't be affairs in this movie, but there's an affair. And the French are just like, yep, wow. just have the affair. And we're all cool with it. And, I, again, it's just perfectly French. And it's my it's 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 my um, dealings with that wonderful culture 
that make this movie better than perhaps it even is. But this is two and a half hours. You get some strange cutaways where the, they break the fourth wall. It's It's got that Amelie thing going on where you get like the French New Wave, you know, reverberations through it. It's two and a half hours. It might be a tad too long. But again, I was riveted. A Christmas tale. I can't believe it took me 12 years to come back to this movie. It's underrated. It's not watched enough. That's something I hadn't even heard of, and I know when we were talking before we hit record on the mics, you were very excited to get to it. So is is Henri like one of the main players? Is he a black sheep, or is he like the badass with the heart of gold here? He is the black sheep of the family. He is bailed out by his sister very early in the movie financially, and it causes this rift where you're trying to figure out why, he, why else he was banished, but essentially in a court case, she bails him out, <laughs> and uh, you, the, the the judge laughs at her with the stipulation that she provides. She's she's like, I, I'll give him this money. I'll bail him out. Don't put him in jail, please. But can you make it, judge, where he I never have to see him again? <laughs> the judge's like, well, no, we don't really settle family matters like that in the court. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where I really enjoyed it. Like it's, it's just, It winks at you the entire time. The dramatic scenes work. Like all the romance works. It's very mature. Again, there's like an open relationship involved in this movie where I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I spent like all morning just fantasizing about my future non-existent wife and saying like, can I actually do this open relationship thing? Like it's very mature how they do this. And I don't know, maybe I could, but no, I couldn't. And I came up with all these scenarios in my own brain this morning thinking about this movie that I watched the other night. So was there any doubt in your mind that this was going to be number one, or was this kind of a late riser? You had to watch it again first. It was a late riser. It was the field coming back to this movie <laughs> because I had a hard time finding other movies. But th- again, I think if I didn't watch fam- The Family Stone and realize what a fucking sack of shit that movie is, <laughs> I would never have picked this number one. So this is a backlash to The Family Stone pick, a Christmas tale, French crazy family movie. I loved it. Two and a half hours of a French Christmas movie, and you try to say you're not a film bro. Uh, <laughs> that's a great pick. I, listen, a card's on the table. I don't know that I will ever get around to that. <laughs> it sounds like a, a heavy ordeal. I suppose if you can stomach uh, Christmas Evil, I could probably sit through a, a genuinely decent movie like A Christmas Tale, so I probably should do it. I but, hope you, right. like, at some point, it may, it may not be now, maybe in the future, we're just like, you're just like, you, both of us, you realize, are turning more and more French the, the longer we are film critics, right? So, you know, five <laughs> years from true? now, when you're five years more French than you are right now, maybe this is your pick uh, on one uh, strange, lonely night <laughs> in front of your laptop. I'm eating snails and drinking wine. No, that's great, man. That's awesome. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear you were able to make such a connection with that movie. Definitely not something I would have predicted at the outset of this. So uh, that's really cool. I would love to hear other people's thoughts on that movie because that sounds like it does sound like similar to what the Kidney Stone tried to do. So I'm just curious to hear more of the crossover between that movie and the Family Stone. It is that plot line, but with the Robin Williams uh, comedy bit angle on it. From again, you know, Chef's Kiss to the French culture. This is what I needed. Uh, Bah humbug, but also I want to be optimistic about life. And there it is. This is the perfect bittersweet Christmas movie for for this list. 
There you go. Uh, I'm glad we're ending on high notes, though, because uh, you you say that one's bittersweet and it's got a lot of highlights to it. I'm try I tried to end on something myself that's actually legitimately Christmassy and very happy, and this is strictly me picking something from my childhood, and Good. it's something you and I have talked about already. But my number one is an adaptation of a Christmas Carol that I don't think gets a lot of love, and it's actually the version of the Christmas Carol that I was brought up watching, wow. and I watched it ad nauseum as a child uh, through my teenage years and it's 1970s Scrooge uh, from Ronald Neem it's the one where Albert Finney plays Ebenezer Scrooge I feel like every other version of A Christmas Carol gets talked about fondly Uh, this one was actually nominated for four Oscars but I don't pick it because of that and I don't pick it because it was highly rated on IMDb even though it's only got 9,000 or so so votes in on it Uh, I pick it just because you know Christmas time you want to do something with your family you want to feel you know loved and and you want to feel give that love to other people. That's exactly what this movie kind of gives me. It's to, it was a young Mike one growing up in his home, watching this by the fire with his mother, with his brother. Uh, my father's never been a movie guy, so he was off doing something and made sure to never watch it with us. But uh, that's, you know, that's what it was. That's what Christmas is to me. That movie is kind of the all encompassing feeling of what Christmas is. I think there's a couple decent performances in it. I think there are highlights that anyone can glean off. I do think objectively, it's probably not the best story. It's probably not the best telling of a Christmas Carol you'll ever see. There's a reason that it's probably not talked about as fondly as, like, say, a Muppets Christmas Carol or like the George C. Scott version of a Christmas Carol. But I would put this one up there just uh, based on nostalgia and based on the feeling of Christmas. Well, you said about ten things during your rant <laughs> there where I was surprised at, and I reacted in delayed fashion. But I just. Like, it's, it's washing over me. Number one, like, this is like a 50-percenter, and you got nominated for Oscars. So that's interesting, yeah, right? Yeah, for an Oscar noms. Number two, you gave me some shit in the past for my Mary Poppins love. But this is a <laughs> musical, correct? Uh, you know, I guess. I haven't seen I this movie. so I, There's I, songs in it, yes, certainly. Okay, so it's not really a musical where the characters break out in song. No, they do. They do. I'm just it's trying to musical. say it's not a musical, but it is. Yeah. It's a musical. Okay, it is. So this is. is you picking a musical, a happy yeah. musical of the of the of the of the sort that has the most triumphant ending of endings. <laughs> we all know the Christmas Carol. You and I were going to do a whole series on a Christmas Carol this Christmas that we kind of backed mm-hmm. away from. And maybe if I've seen this movie, I would have leaned into it more because I rewatched the 1984 uh, George C. Scott Scrooge, and it is boring as hell. And then you're oh, really? Like, you're like, let's review every single Scrooge movie. I was like, I just watched one, and I'm good, man. I'm good with Scrooge movies. But- I wonder, it has been some years since I've dove into this, so I wonder how it would hold up now to after we've been doing this for a couple of years ourselves. I'm sure I would nitpick, but it's almost one of those things where, like, I don't want to. I just want it to live happily in my memory, you know? You, sh- you probably did the right thing. Based on the rest of how this entire exercise played out, but I'm I'm really happy for you because again, you said a lot of positive things during that rant where I was like, "What? Who is this person who needs optimism? Who craves time with family? Who did all of these wonderful things you just said? That of course I co-signed with that you never admitted before on this podcast. Like, are you sure that you're going to release this to the public? Are you are you really recording right now, or is this just a gag on me? Is this a goof? 
that you're I'm being wearing asked. my Santa outfit and I've been sharpening my axe this whole time to go out and reenact Christmas uh, Evil immediately that, after it stop. No, but but until then. <laughs> good for you. And this is Albert Finney. Do you do you think regardless of how good the music is, do you think Albert Finney's awesome in this? Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a curmudgeon. He's definitely a believable Scrooge. Yeah. I think what this, you know, thinking back on it, it's almost self-parody in a way too. Hmm. Like this, this is so British, <laughs> Not to, but it's so British that it's almost like Monty Python would like have nothing to make fun of in a way because it's just so out there sometimes. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I do think it's it's a worthwhile watch, and I, I think the set design actually is one of the highlights. Hmm. I mean, especially thinking about the Ghost of Christmas Present and where you meet him, and he's like just this giant jovial guy who's like surrounded by gold and food on this giant throne and stuff there there's there, it's beautiful to look at even some almost 50 years i guess exactly 50 years later now at this point we are very antagonistic on the show and again you're saying beautiful <laughs> wonderful things but all i could think of is how much shit you gave me for again my five-year-old self for watching and re-watching a very british musical with mm-hmm. wonderful production design unequivocally good <laughs> production design and doing a retrospective on that you were just like my god are you how many drugs are you on mike you love mary poppins so much well the lesson as always mike is i am not a man of principle i'm a fraud and a hypocrite and i'm glad we were able to bring that to the forefront here me today. too me too it's done it's done once and for all you're a fraud <laughs> I love it. That's a great pick, though. I'm gonna have to. I'm a legitimately. I'm gonna watch that movie. I can't commit to watching all of Christmas Evil, but I will watch Scrooge from 1970. It's, it's a blind spot in my uh, Christmas Carol history. There. That's how I feel about it. We'll watch your family, man, but that's how I feel about A Christmas Tale as well. So we hope, like we just uh, did some good for each other here, dear listener, we hope we brought to light some uh, underrated Christmas gems that you yourself can embrace uh, this season. And we want to obviously, most importantly, hear from you. What are some of your all-time underrated Christmas favorites? Let us know. You can leave us those on our social medias, as well as comments, questions, concerns, or otherwise about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave all of that on our social media. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on the Twitter machine, Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on the Apple podcast app, if you would be so kind as to go into the app and leave us a five-star review, we cannot thank you enough for doing so. Michael, tell the good people what's coming next and what are some words of wisdom to end on? What's coming next for us is an Oscar race checkpoint. We got a lot of movie news uh, since the last time we did one of these, even though we talked about a bunch of it, a bunch of the breaking news with, actually we foreshadowed a bunch of the Disney breaking news. Uh, mm-hmm. You on Twitter, uh, both of us talking to Ryan McQuaid, we did an episode of Chasing the Gold that we've yes. gotten a lot of good feedback on. Uh, so you can check out our, our full uh, episode there on the In Session Film Podcast feed. Uh, and uh, that we kind of covered a lot of the breaking news at the end of last week with that show. But we, we do want to talk about another round. We do want to talk about the European Film Awards. We do want to, we need to talk about some Oscar stuff. Uh, and we'll mm-hmm. do a midweek news show there. We got Ma Rainey's Black Bottom coming out at the end of the week. And uh, I've already seen it. It's, already, it's a strong movie. Really great performances. A lot of superlatives to be said. I'm curious at how you'll, uh, you'll take that movie in, Mike. And uh, we're going to, you know, hope... We get a thumbs up from you at some point, the same way <laughs> your heart was warmed um, by these Christmas movies that you will, you know, 
not be a heart of stone for the rest of uh, Oscar season. But yeah, right now it's looking pretty dire for you and how you're viewing. I, I am. Yeah, I'm slate. in desperate need of, of something big and good so and happy. Yes. we got a bunch of uh, contenders still to come that we'll be reviewing throughout the first half of January there. And I think uh, middle of February, there'll be another, like once a month, there's like a wave of movies. But Soul, One Night in Miami, I know we already reviewed One Night in Miami. We're going to give it a full OSP. Uh, that for sure, Promising Young Woman will hit. And uh, then The Father and the, the February batch as well, Mike. So a lot coming up from us in terms of in terms of words of wisdom, don't trust your younger self as a movie critic. I, it's just, <laughs> it's the truth for me. Like I was, I was beaten down by this exercise at times. I'm glad I, I rediscovered some strong films. And but I, here's the reason why I rediscovered some of those films. My younger self, full of shit, movie critic, didn't mm-hmm. like them the first time I saw them. 15, 20 years ago. Now, when I, as an older guy, I rewatch these movies. I'm like, these are excellent. So they kind of worked the opposite way for me. I I really embraced movies that I used to hate and movies that I used to love. I'm watching now with fresh eyes, and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? I like it. I like that. I think those are very wise words indeed, unless going back and rewatching it means you're going to shatter the last piece of decency and nostalgia <laughs> you have, clinging you to happiness and reality. So uh, wise words indeed, dear friend. Uh, guys, <laughs> when reality sucks, you can come watch these underrated Christmas gems with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you very soon. See you.